0: I'm able to meet our community on like a, just a ground level of emotion and understanding and empathy. And I think that's where these beautiful conversations are able to be had.
1: I am so excited to have you all at the table today. Today I'm speaking to Attawa Aboa, an activist model and the founder of Girls Talk, a community led organization dedicated to promoting the mental health of young women. Adowa is someone I consider a friend, uh, a, a leader, and someone who I think is unapologetically and and unreservedly herself, and and really tells you her story in hopes that it will really cause you to think about your own. Um, in our conversation today, you'll hear us talk about everything from Adowa's journey as a young Black woman, really. You know understanding and, and and operating within a very um, white dominant system uh, to becoming a model, and how she feels the relationship in fashion and inclusivity is shaping out, and who she thinks is is taking a leading stand. We also talk about girls' talk the community led organization she 's created, and what it 's meant for her having gone through that journey herself as well as the importance of really knowing your own boundaries, knowing your limits in your mental health, and how we can all cultivate and create communities that support us. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation. This is At the Table with Dr. Elam Urabid. Now for those of you who don't know me, I am a UN High-Level Commissioner on Health, Employment and Economic Growth, one of 17 Global UN Sustainable Development Goal Advocates. I am also a medical doctor and a women's rights champion and strategist. I have traveled the world and met people who are leaders in their own industries, and I've met people who have completely changed the game, from names that we know to names that we don't. They are people who have championed inclusive security more than anything else, So, At The Table is really a collection of in-depth conversations and interviews with leaders in all industries. It's looking at how we create systems and structures and communities and selves that really represent what we need in the world today. Now, it's been called At The Table because I think the single most important thing is for us to create and cultivate spaces. And this one is mine where I invite you to connect with and to learn from and to teach one another about the importance of inclusive leadership and making sure that when you are at any table, you are bringing somebody with you, an idea with you, a perspective with you that isn't already there. So thank you again for joining me. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening and for being here. And please let me know what does being at the table mean to you and who are you bringing with you? The past few months, I think, have been overwhelming across the board, uh, and people are feeling, I think, exhausted and fatigued. And some people are feeling, you know, like there's this is promising, right? What are you feeling? If you had to tell me in two words, how are you feeling right now?
0: I'm feeling curious, invigorated, exhausted, self-reflective like I'm in some sort of, in a state of like processing and change. Yeah. I think that's my best best explanation for It's a lot though.
1: No, I think, well, I think, I think you're feeling a lot and that's good, Mm. you know, but I think processing, that is one I have yet to hear. And I think it describes this moment so well. So well. So, what are you processing
0: most? I am processing, oh, I think my identity is a big one right now. I'm really processing um, against the backdrop of like everything that's happened, whether it be COVID and the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, my identity has come into question, and I feel like I'm having to unlock things that I that obviously ne- I needed to deal with, but I didn't necessarily feel like I was ready to deal with or wasn't ready to or wasn't like willing to yeah. really unlock those parts. And my en- identity is what has really been, um, that is what I'm really processing, where I fit in, who, where I belong, um, who I am without all the madness, without the traveling, without the work, like what that looks like what it looks like to be black, mixed race, whatever you wanna call it right now, what it means to have grown up and been brought up in a very white environment, to have navigated through white spaces and to now in 2020 be looking at that past and my place within that and the effects that it had on me and how I'm gonna have to process that. Yeah. And move past that. Who I am, what my... I'm processing what's important in my life. I'm processing my relationship with social media, my relationship with being relevant, my 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 drive and my passion and my want for change. I'm processing so much.
1: <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Has it been has it been something so you said you know some things that you just weren't ready to tackle some things that you've kind of been tackling so in this in this process of processing if i will Mm -hmm. um what has been what's kind of started to stare out at you
0: i think i think like my energy and where i'm putting my what i'm putting my energy into Mm -hmm. um you know In terms of my own personal things but also like career and uh, personal things like relationships and friendships and that's been quite overwhelming and also I think just having to be quite gentle with myself at the moment because actually I found you know, I, I'm coming from a place of privilege where I can say that I had a roof of my head and I wasn't, you know, necessarily worrying financially, but actually this limbo period right now, I've mm-hmm. found far more difficult. Um, Why? I, I found it difficult because I think I'm all or nothing. I think I've had moments in my life where I've been very complacent, where my priorities were partying and and doing what other people were doing and I and at age 21 22 I flipped that and I started taking my life quite seriously and I dedicated a lot of my time to work and my career and girls talk and going growing girls talk and suddenly for that to be flipped on its head although I'm very lucky to still have girls talk there and I can do that from home and I have my team it's like I, I'm teetering on this edge of like okay, I can get myself ready amped up for one zoom call this week, three zoom calls this week but i'm I'm missing that human interaction i'm I'm missing those group discussions, and that's been quite difficult i think like loads of humans right now i i i mean can complete fear of the unknown. And I think this has all been such a learning lesson in the sense, you know, isolation was, was very much for me associated with times of darkness and depression. And so to be isolating and to have had isolated because we all had to, and to rethink what that actually means and to, use it as a time to like be calm and quiet and read and learn. Um, That's been quite, it's been amazing, but it's just been a lot. I'm not used to sit. I haven't sat, I sit with myself because I have to, but I haven't had a moment like this in a long time where I've had to sit with this much stuff. And also I'm such a different person than I was when I was 21, where I was made. To sit with myself and like yeah. rethink how I was going to live my life, and now I'm 28 and I'm having this time, and I'm having to rethink all these other things. I'm like, oh, this is just make it <laughs> makes me feel so uncomfortable.
1: Was there a moment where you were like, okay, hey, I need to talk to somebody," or or what was it? What was it like? Because so many young girls now might not even realize that they're that they're in that space, that they're in that spiral where those little things become big things. You know, you had mentioned. Um, things that seem little now like, you know, oh, you wanted to straighten your hair. Oh, did boys like you, um, you know, existing as a mixed-race black woman, in a in a very white community. Um, you mentioned those all kind of blossoming and really dominating your headspace. For, for young girls who, who don't necessarily see that happening, but it is in their life, what was it to you in your teenage years that told you, okay, wait, this is, this is not good. I need some help
0: it took me a long time. To be honest, I didn't talk about it in my teenage years. And that was because it... I didn't feel like I was going to be listened to, to be quite honest. I didn't feel like they were... I didn't I didn't see the point, and that took me a long time. You know, when I did seek help, it took me a long time to trust that people were going to, like, take my experiences and validate them and it's still something that i i you know that yeah. i have to kind of think about whenever i go into places of darkness or i find things too hard it's like that reaching out it's like is are they gonna pick up the phone or are they are they gonna listen like can i handle the disappointment it's a trigger it's like being back at school and you know i i spoke to my parents about this a lot when i was when we were kind of sorting through the past and and moving forward and i i I just didn't think I was bored of i i went through a period at the beginning where I was like i've gotta leave this school, I've gotta do something different. I'm really unhappy here mm-hmm. and they for their own re- reasons they they didn't listen to that, so I took that as like might as well just not talk about any of these things. Yeah, they won't listen no matter what. Exactly, and so, so- how old
1: were you when you did speak out to somebody?
0: When I did speak out to somebody, I was around 21, 22. Wow. 22. Mm. 22. And
1: what was the impetus? Like what made you think this person will listen?
0: I was exhausted, Ella. I was so tired, I was so I was completely on my knees and it wasn't even to be honest, it took me a long time after that to relearn this idea of being open. And now I think I am quite an open book in the sense like it's a, it's, it's my own coping, coping mechanism in Mm -hmm. order to like live my life fully. I never want to revert back to those like old habits, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: I, it, it, it took me a long time to trust that it was, it was fine. It was good that I was opening up, that I was being vulnerable. It was actually something to be celebrated. And that even amongst, it took me a long time, even amongst like-minded people to really trust that they were going to validate those experiences and, and support me in that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the reason I reached out for help, although it kind of, wasn't like a forceful thing, but I don't know if I was really, I didn't even have the energy to fight not getting help. If you get what I mean, I was just like, whatever, if this surrendered I help. I surrendered to help. Yeah, I think exactly. later on, I, I began the proper journey. That was the, that was the beginning part. But when I really realized my capability and that I really wanted to be on this planet and that I could definitely, I'd seen, glimmers of hope and light. That's when I started like, you know, reaching out and really Mm -hmm. grounding myself and doing the proper work. Before it was just like, take me wherever you want. I'll do whatever you want. It was just a (laughs) lifeboat. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
1: So then you you founded Girls Talk, um, and and from what I'm hearing, to, to serve almost as kind of the community that you needed when you were a teenager yes Um, and to really be a place where where girls could come and talk about the little things that become really big things that um begin to take up your headspace but a huge a huge part of what girl talk has done that is incredible um is is made space for people to talk about things that don't have priority in our Mm -hmm. in our world you know like no one no one is saying like, okay, how does it feel to, to young women who are wrestling with these multiple identities or ethnicities or, or races? How does it feel to navigate this world in that unique body that you, you, you exist in? And you've done that incredibly well. So what, what has been kind of some of the lessons that you've learned from these conversations with these hundreds of thousands of young women? And, and what are we all missing?
0: God. Good question. Big question. I have learned completely on the job. I mean, it doesn't feel like a job. I I adore everything I get to do within the realms of activism and girls talk. But I've definitely learned whilst doing it. And I think, actually, I'm very grateful for that beautiful combination of like, girls talk blossoming, self blossoming, trying to like, elevate them both and and ride together on this journey and actually it's made it I think that's why those subjects are it being you know are are so easily discussed within the the realms of girls talk because I I started girls talk I am one of them if you get what I mean I am I'm speaking although there might be many differences in terms of like demographic or upbringing and background and race. I was given through my journey. And when I started girls talk, I entered it with a knowing that although there would be many differences, there would be many things I wouldn't understand. And there have, you know, I've been, whether it be speaking to refugees or single mothers or, um, people, you know, struggling in poverty. You know, there are lots of things I do not understand. But I was I I I feel like the way the the reason we are able to have the conversations we do in Girls Talk is because I meet it on a complete emotional level. I am um, I just I I maybe people would argue against me, but because I've been learning constantly, listening, being introduced to new people and new stories and new ways of living i am unjudgmental i could not girls talk is unjudgmental the subjects that we talk about are like you said are not a priority um within the realms of normal living and so i had to put any judgment i had aside and to really give myself over and i'm able to meet our community on like a just a ground level of emotion and understanding and empathy. And I think that's where these beautiful conversations are able to be had.
1: So Adowa, one of the things that I think we hear often about, you know, um, models or athletes or, you know, is, okay, that's your job. Focus on that. You don't need to speak up about current events. You don't need to be an activist. And I'm sure you've been told that right? Like stay in your lane. And so what has been your response? You know, you, you've been incredibly outspoken, not only about mental health, but you have been incredibly outspoken about racism and about, um, the need for us to demand equality and justice. And have you ever been told like, no, you know what, you need to stay in your lane. And, and if so, what has been your response?
0: It's been an energy. I think it's been a feeling like stay in your lane. Um, And I think in moments of like when I'm feeling less confident, maybe I, in the past, maybe I have, maybe I've just like been like, okay, that's all I can do. I'll just stay in my lane. I'll be a model. I'll do what I've got to do. Don't need to have an opinion. I don't, you know, I don't know. But as soon as I started Girls Talk, I I just knew that, there was a massive responsibility that came with starting something like that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I... I didn't intend on talking about my story, and it's something that I really love about Girls Talk now, is that it's very much led by the stories of the other people involved. It really has mm-hmm. nothing to do with my story anymore. And I love that it stands without me. I will always be there. But it's something that I really love about it. And many times I've been told i think especially in in regards to race and being involved massively in the fashion industry i think i've just it's been an energy i've just felt like to say anything what would that do to my career what would that do to the relationships you know i it wasn't easy getting here do i mm-hmm. want to sacrifice this by speaking my mind also you know in terms of stereotypes of being a black woman, you know, we've definitely over centuries shaped ourselves and, and it and molded into what is easier for people. And Mm -hmm. I think that is something that's definitely without even consciously, consciously being aware of it has been something that is definitely something that I've reverted to over Mm -hmm. and over again. Like, do I really want to rock the boat? what will this do? Am I angry? Am I, will I be just be told again that I'm angry and being difficult? It's not that bad. Can I handle, like we said before, can I handle this disappointment of speaking my mind and not being listened to? And mm-hmm. I think that's something that's so great now again, but it's a process. I really feel like I can, I want to, it would be a shame not to.
1: It would be no. And I'm, I am, I think I am one of me- millions, many millions um, who are really grateful because I do think that not only do you speak to unique audience, but, but you're in a unique space. I mean, fashion has traditionally been very limiting um, and very exclusive and to have your voice and to have it not empower those who already have power, but to have it kind of amplify the agency of young women. Mm. Uh, who are often told that they don't have power is incredible. So I'm very I'm I'm grateful, I'm excited. I you know, seeing your work makes me I think, you know, makes me hopeful that the next generation of young girls that is going to grapple everything from does that boy like me to, you know, mm-hmm. should I straighten my hair to am I beautiful to does my food smell funny. Um, you know, has a place that they can go that is safe and and that creates space for them. So I'm grateful that you do. But what made you decide? You, you were just speaking about all of those things that could potentially happen. Could, I could lose these relationships. I could jeopardize my career. Um, people will perceive me to be, you know, quote unquote, the angry black woman. So what made you decide like, yeah, no, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna give my opinions and, and I'm gonna create a platform that will amplify this.
0: I think it's the same it's the same for both my it's it's the same for when i decided to speak about my own mental health journey and also now and recent and the continuation of that and also now and recently me talking more so about race and and the problems within the fashion industry although i like definitely will speak more about that um, <laughs> to be continued but i think the decision came because I just want to keep on transcending. I want to be continue. Continue whatever it means to whatever self love means, whatever it means to prioritize my mental health, whatever it means to whatever that means in order to do that. I felt like I needed to like speak up to be Mm -hmm. quite honest. It was soul destroying and soul crushing to let that stuff slide. Mm -hmm. I've done that already. I did that for a long time and it only weighed me down. I'm so sensitive. I'm too sensitive. That's, you know, probably the reason like why drugs were such a great idea for me. They weren't, but you know what I mean? They quietened everything. They made everything a lot easier. And I think, I just don't want to, I don't want to live my life like that. I, I just feel like I was given a moment of clarity and have continued to like kind of because of that self-reflection that we talked about in the beginning. You know, even my therapist says it comes, it can be obsessive and it can be, um, what does he say? He says the way I think sometimes he says it's I wrote it I wrote it down the other day it was so funny he said it's it 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 switches from obsession to problem solving I am truly (laughs) obsessive I don't think I'd be doing the stuff that I do if I wasn't but I it that self-reflection can and can like go from both in terms of sometimes it's it's needed I can problem solve it but back to the like the, the sensitivity is it can be obsessive. It's like, you know, I carry all of that. You know, some people, I don't know, maybe they just get on with it. It doesn't affect them that much. I feel like I'm weighed down by all of this stuff. And I think that was the decision I made to speak up about these things was to lighten the weight, lighten the rucksack. To
1: quiet a lot of that noise. and Exactly.
0: Give your- No, I
1: I hear you. So you and I first met back in uh, March 2019 at at the Women's Emerging Leaders Lab at the UN. And um, you were one of our leader participants. And one thing you said then struck me. Um, And you said, I like showing up in places where people don't expect someone like me. Mm. And I remember a lot of the other, you know, it was a group of emerging women of color who were all around this table and I remember so many people looking up and being like, hmm, yeah, and, and you were you were kind of talking about that being one of your powers, not a weakness, but a power. And, and, a, and a few of them in, in the year and a half since have come up to me and been like, you know what, I started walking into rooms thinking, no, this is a superpower, it's not a weakness. Um, and I get different, I get to be able to talk about different experiences that no one else in that room knows about. I get to be able to create conversations they don't even know are happening outside of their bubble. And so you now mentioned fashion, and I have to I have to bring it there. You you've spoken pretty out, you've been very outspoken, not pretty. You've been outspoken about fashion and, and some of the great challenges, particularly for women of color, but but for diversity as a whole within fashion. And it's a space where you you're you know one of the world's top supermodels, you are someone who graces a lot of these magazines, you have conversations with a lot of these fashion houses. What do you think fashion needs to do better? But also, what do you think we need to do better as consumers of a lot of this media?
0: Oh, yeah. I think, firstly, and this is by no means, I don't want this to seem like negative, but at the moment, I am acknowledging the fact that there are players in this game that are, definitely wanting to see change mm-hmm. they are on this journey and they want to do things differently they want to do it because it means something to do them um it's authentic it's coming from an authentic place but I am acknowledging that there are others within all realms and all career types but let's just talk about the fashion industry that are not interested mm-hmm and part of that acknowledgement is letting go of that and not putting my energy and attention into that because to me that's just not relevant and it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm not into tokenism or anything that's performative and I feel like we can all smell it from a while, mile away and we can all see that who's jumping on the bandwagon and who actually doesn't care and I'm not interested in that. And I feel like over the years, I've put too much energy into people who aren't doing it for the right reasons when there are many who are mm-hmm. and who are putting out good in the world. So that's the answer to the kind of, did I answer the kind of the first bit? You,
1: no, you did. I think I think talking Isn't about that, that, you're putting your energy in those who are showing up and you're, yes, you're kind it, of wasting your time with the people who are who are doing it only for, you know, tokenistic reasons, but you're really investing in the people who are showing up, I think is
0: exactly. And that's hard, you know, at the moment as well, because I'm definitely more conscious of the way that I'm working, whether it be, you know, what's been brought up a lot recently is, is the percentage of people of color on set um, in not, in in the magazine, well, that is a big issue as well, not on the cover of the magazine, but creating the magazines, creating the brands, all of that is is really up for discussion and it's it's so important that it is. And so that's got me thinking about the companies that I work with and how I can be, uh, how I can amplify that Mm-hmm. and set those bottom lines it's difficult some people are unwilling but I've got to figure out what my bottom lines are in regards to that mm-hmm. you know it's important that I feel that there are that I'm not the only one on set it or I also know the importance of it no one's I just feel like it's just not enough to just have a person of color on the the black person on the cover of a a magazine, people want so much more than that. Exactly. And I also know that, although I don't speak about it that often, the effects that the modelling has had on me and, my, and, and, and myself and my confidence and the way that I've looked at myself mm-hmm. over the years, because I really don't know what I was looking at that gave me this idea that this was a career that I was going to embark on, because I really didn't see myself within any of it. But for some reason, I was like, I'm going to do it. Why did you? What was the reason? I fucking don't know. I do not know. (laughs) I wanted independence.
1: You were like, that's it. I'm going to go and become a supermodel. That's fair. I thought it was
0: going to be like, I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was going to be easier. (laughs) I have no idea. I really wish I had an answer for that one. I have no idea, but I look at it back now and I'm like, you know now
1: did you just wake up one day
0: and go like that's it i'm gonna model like what was
1: the process in that decision
0: no i'd been told over the years oh you should model whatever it's like but i was you know like i said what we talked about i was a very shy insecure confused young woman so i was a bit like really i don't feel like that so i wasn't really interested and then this idea of independence kind of came about and I was like, you know, I could just do what I want and make my own money. If only it was that simple. (laughs) If only it was
1: that simple. It's it's the craziest thing. I swear when we're like 15 and 16, the answer to everything is independence. It's like, hey, I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna make my own money. And then when you're like 28 and 29, and you're like, wait a second now that i have my independence and i'm making my own money holy shit there's so much more i did not know i was going to have to do and think about and consider and figure out so i do i do have to ask who are some of the people because you were mentioning some of those people who really are doing it for the right reasons so who are some of the people that you can say you know what you know this person is doing it for the right reasons or or this company is doing it for the right reasons and genuinely feel like, OK, for those of us who are consumers of this media, those are the those are the platforms that we should seek out.
0: I think we've got to give some of the companies a little bit more time because it's quite <laughs> it's quite hard. You know, everyone shows up when it's about an Instagram, when it's as easy as just posting something. You yeah. need to give it a little bit more time to she- see who's, like, still showing up. That's what I'm looking out for. But in, you know, of course, Edward. I, I, I just, I love working with Edward and in full more than anything. Um, I love working... Edward is the head of British folk. Yeah, of British folk, exactly. I love working with his team. Um, I highly enjoy working with lots of different companies. I think it's, like I said, it's really h- quite hard for me to say right now because I, I'm I'm just watching. I'm... And does
1: Edward, because he's somebody who you've worked with pretty frequently in your, and, and you mentioned kind of the importance of this set. Is a reason that you feel comfortable with him? Does he shape the
0: set differently? Are there more people of color there? Exactly, and that's such, um, so ex- completely. it. it not just in the realms of their like office and everything like that but you know I was on set the other day for the the most recent September issue and I was like why am I enjoying myself so much (laughs) it's not that I don't like modeling but you know I've not been loving it as of recent and you know I've had a bit of time off which always makes me kind of question whether I want to do it anymore and i was like i'm really enjoying myself this is so much fun it's not just about it being a cover like what is it and i looked around and i was like oh i see i'm there are so many of us here there are so many of us and we're all acknowledging it and we all feel really secure in that and we all feel like this is there's a new energy here and that we're really happy to be part of it and we're all doing it together. And it, 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 the day just smooths so naturally because of that. So he does it, that exactly. You could put your guard down. 100%. Exactly. You can put your guard down. There are, I don't know, I can't speak for like, you know, all black people, but definitely for me, being a model that it comes with you know, you're just always a little bit wary, you know, yeah. it's new now. I've, you know, I've started growing my hair. I've never really had to, haven't worried about, you know, hair on sitting in that chair and looking in the mirror as the other one, as the hairdresser behind me kind of stares frighteningly at the amount of hair I have. You know, I think again, something I've been processing is the reason I cut my hair in the first place. Yeah. And you know, that, those things, those triggers that make you feel like, oh do I really belong here? Do they really want me here? They're not even ready for me. They don't Mm -hmm. even know how to they don't even know how, they don't even have people here who not can deal with me who understand me who Mm -hmm. know, who aren't going to make me feel uncomfortable and that's the thing that I'm taking into account now, you know I've grown my hair, I'm not going to be on set with someone who doesn't know how to do black hair. I don't yeah. care, like I don't have time for that. It makes me feel uncomfortable and there's no reason why I should. There are so many talented black hair hairstylists mm-hmm. and stylists who know how to, who know how to, to um, do black hair. There's no reason why I should sit uncomfortably in that chair ever again. So
1: in the past, we've talked a little bit kind of about the isolation of the past few months and how it's given you time to process. Um, And it's given a lot of people time to process, but it's also, you know, experts are now saying it's one of the biggest crises that will come out of this is a mental health crisis. People feel distant, they feel separated, they feel isolated, uh, and they feel alone. And what have you been doing during this time to kind of make yourself feel comfortable throughout this? What, What have been some of the crutches that you've had that have really helped you weather
0: Oh, it's so, it feels like every other person I talk to is struggling with their mental health. And it's terrifying and really makes me very sad. And I think what I've had to do during this time, and I'm going to be really honest it here, is I've had to go back on medication. You know, I really, I felt I battled with it. I tried to fight it because I'm a Taurus and I'm, mad stubborn and I was like I'm not going back on medication it is a failure and actually no it's not a failure it's it's I have to because Mm -hmm. I felt myself slowly but surely dipping and when it gets too dark and when I dip too low I can't even get myself out of that hole and also I'm 28 I've done this before I know what the darkness looks like am I really if I can help myself with all the knowledge that I have with all the stories that I've heard with the beautiful community that surrounds me I'm lucky enough to surround me I've got to help myself a bit like this is doesn't mean it's forever but that would be you know for anyone listening who's struggling out there it isn't a failure yeah no get out of your own way and put yourself first and it's not forever it's just for now Mm -hmm. And it's, it's also goes back into like stigma around mental health. Like why am I kind of resorting back to an energy that surrounds mental health? Why is it bad? Why do I think it's bad that I have to go back on mental health? This is stuff that I am advocating against that, you know, this is what I, I'm talking about. And I'm like, Oh God. Anyway. So that's something that I've done. Um, I'm sticking massively with the radiators and, and, and people who lift me and who uh, I think it's really important right now with everything that's going on that I feel stand with me morally and share the same values. And so that mm-hmm. is something that I'm really honing in on to make sure that I feel protected during this time and my mental health is, is like being looked after and just in general putting my mental health first any it's a top priority you know, i was in a situation i don't like, don't really know need to go into depth about it but it was the first it was a it, i haven't been in a situation like this for a long time and i chose you know i could have easily being english and polite i could have easily just floated around and let it you know let them get away with it and kind of done the easier thing so as not to rock the boat and disrupt Mm -hmm. the energy and and make it easier for everyone else and i chose to put my mental health first and get myself out of there and get Mm -hmm. myself into a safer space which was home with my sister and it was the best decision i ever made and i and i don't do that enough and so that's something that i'm really making sure that i'm doing right now looking at what's best for your energy exactly I think exactly. I think so many
1: of us are worried about, um, especially now, especially this year, I have so many, I've had the same phone calls you have where almost every other friend is saying, listen, I'm really struggling. Um, and the solutions seem so not easy, but clear. Like, okay, get yourself out of that space or stop talking to that person. For some friends, it's turn off the news. Like, I understand you want to be well-informed, but this is really breaking it's breaking you turn off the news and their response always like, no, 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 I can handle it. I got this. I can handle it. Don't worry about it. I don't want to be difficult or, you know, no, I don't want to show up, not understanding things. And, and to me, it's always been
0: so. It's like testing yourself. That's what exactly. I, I was like. Why do I keep on testing? Like how much can you take? Like exactly. just know what you can't take. <laughs>
1: but it's, it's interesting. It is. It's exactly, that's the perfect way to describe it. It's like testing yourself when, when, when you feel, kind of like push yourself too far. You can't pull yourself back out.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what
1: that's what always worries me is like how, you know, the biggest advice I give to people about mental health is always know what your own limit is. Because once you hit that, if you've gone past it, it'll be very difficult for you or anybody else to really pull you out of there. Um, and, and and so many of my friends, I think 2020 has, has taught them and has taught even me, our limits a bit better. It's taught us like no, maybe now is not the time to test my own ability to deal with this. Maybe it's the time you know to pull in support, to get my doctor, to get medication, to get out of this space and away from these people. Adowa, one of the questions um, that I ask every guest is, "What does being at the table mean to you?"
0: I've been talking about this a lot and that is a brilliant question at the table. It means to me, if you invite me to be at your table, that means that you must listen to my opinion. (laughs) And, and by that, I mean, there is no, if you, if, and I'm talking like in regards to, I'm, By that, I mean, when I say that, I mean the kind of creative table in terms of like work at the moment. It's like if you if you want my involvement, if you if you want me to be involved in a bigger way, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to have an opinion. Like I said, I'm all or nothing. So it's like I'm ready to be involved. I'm ready to be in fully, but don't invite me to to the table and expect me to be silent. But that's what I think I meant by that.
1: So being at the table means to you that you show up and you are architecting and leading and you are an equal participant in every way.
0: Exactly, and by showing, by being at the table, I don't even think it's about being invited, but being at any table, I am coming. I am, I'm going to, I hope, always from now onwards you know not from now onwards but this is something that i'd i'd hope for that i i'm i will be coming with my full self and mm-hmm. and every all the parts that make me who i am so that comes with like opinion and and speaking up for what i believe in and yeah, and all the, the different layers that make me who I am and I think that's part of it is that by inviting me, by being at your table, anyone's table, expect that I will come with all of that. I mm-hmm. come with my responsibilities. I come with my pains and my worries and my, all the things that I celebrate and I come with all of those parts but like, I'm going to bring those all with me as well <laughs> do, you, do you get what I mean I don't know it's quite hard to
1: no no I get it I get it that yeah you you show up as your full self and, and you'll be I'm gonna show up
0: yeah. yes exactly I'm just gonna expect that I will show up and be completely unapologetic exactly simple exactly. way of putting it yeah.
1: and you how do you invite other people to the table like how do you bring other people to the table with you
0: I think I We, we have to just keep on, I invite people to speak at the table by I think continuing to talk about the things that I do because I really truly believe that it just, I know I always feel far more comfortable. It's, you know, it's a little bit easier now because I, I love what I'm able to talk about. And so I can blab on for hours. It's like, you know, at school, it was like, you know, I never felt like I was academic, but you know, it wasn't, it was because there wasn't necessarily anything that I was passionate about. I've been, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a massive passion in my life. So it's very easy for me to articulate myself to a certain degree about something that I love. And I think it, I, I I hope that by continuing to talk about the things that I do to, that by continuing to shine light on on these subjects and to be outspoken and my authentic self and mm-hmm. and unapologetic that it invites people to do the same, to be at the table and also to know that they can also be themselves and and they don't need to mold into what society or their parents or their friends or whoever it is wherever the pressure lies they don't need to mold into any of that mm-hmm. but they have the time and the space to really figure out what they look like because it takes a long time But that one that's what my table looks like time and space gentle energy for those who want to, to figure out whatever they need to figure out, to talk about all the things that they want to talk about, to process all the different things in their life. My table is welcoming of all of that. And it's definitely inclusive and intersectional.
1: (laughs) Your table sounds a little like girls talk. Yeah. Your table you're, you're literally you're like yeah and it's intersectional and, and it's inclusive and it's where you can show up wh- regardless of the pressure point in your life and we create space and we're supportive and i'm like no she's she's legit talking about girls talk you yeah. you you built that mental table you you've built it into the world and and hundreds of thousands of young girls get the you know get the i think safety and support and security through it. So that's incredible that I don't think most people build the table that they envision in that way. So my last question for you, Adwa is if you had to bring any one thing, a book, a person, an idea, a quote, a thought, anything to this table, this table of listeners, this table, this, this table, our community here,
0: what would it be? God, that is so good. That is such a good question. It's like Desert Island Discs, when you are all told you're only allowed to bring one thing to, Yeah, one you. Yeah. O- you.
1: <laughs> Your house is burning down, you can only take one thing. What is it? Go. No.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, I don't know if it should be a book. Or...
1: The good news is there's no wrong answers.
0: No, exactly. I think, you know, I'll probably... I can't quote it p- perfectly, but it's definitely something I've heard Jania Future say a lot in regards to boundaries and that, you know, we were, it was drilled into our heads at, 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 in treatment about boundaries and that, you know, during family week, the boundaries are, are, our families had to have with us in regards to our drug abuse and our mental health the boundaries that they had to put on for you know put up so that they could protect themselves and us and more than ever now i understand even more the importance of boundaries and that it's not about others withholding those boundaries it's about you making sure that they do that's where the energy lies i can't expect someone to 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 do what, you know, not even to do what I want, to follow those boundaries that I put up in order to protect myself. It is my responsibility to make sure that they do. And I think that would be something that I'd probably bring with me because it's, it definitely carries me through, I think. And it's such a hard lesson to learn. It's such a hard lesson.
1: I, I hear the the importance on boundaries, I think, is something that we don't talk about enough, especially when it comes to mental health. And so, you know, I'm I'm 30 years old and for the past six years, I've, I've known what my boundaries are, kind of, I've worked on them, but what's been really difficult is enforcing them and is really kind of standing up for myself in that way. So how have you been able to do that?
0: Well, I think another thing that Janaya Future has told me is realizing what your bottom lines are and i think that's been very helpful you know we spoke about testing yourself about seeing how much you can handle and and that you won't be able to like withhold any boundaries of that i mean i definitely can't it's exhausting to test yourself that much to see much see how much you can take in any situation Mm-hmm. And I think it's realizing what my bottom lines are, what I can handle. And if it's going to get in the way of my focus and my curiosity and my capability and my want to not love myself because I, you know, we're going to, but to like myself more and more, mm-hmm. then you know, I've got to figure out what that bottom line is. And if it gets in the way of those things, I, I am, I'm not saying, I'm not saying always, because it would be a lie. I definitely more so than ever am saying that those things have got to go. Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. Mm
1: -hmm. Not
0: necessarily upwards, but I'm moving forwards. And so I'm figuring out what my bottom lines are in all aspects of my life, and those help me withhold those boundaries. I'm learning all these things from like, being curious enough to like, listen, and, and you know, out, find you know other communities that are teaching me these things, to be quite yeah. honest. It's been an absolute blessing to have figured out that that's a massive part of what makes me happy is like, I think, you know, also again for anyone listening that, you know, who's at school and has been thrust into a community or, you know, living wherever you do and is in a community, maybe that where you don't feel like you belong, I think what's so great and, and it will come is that, and I figured this out is that you, after those times, you can, you can find your own community. You can, they are out there. It's just about being curious enough to, to find them.
1: It's, it's um, hearing you say that reminds me of how big I thought high school was when I was yes. in high I thought it was the entire world. And like granted, we didn't have all of, you know, as much communication as, as kids in high school now. have. But I remember I genuinely, and then I went back to my old high school a couple of years ago and the halls felt so small. And I was like, wait, why was this so important to me then? like, why were the people here so, why were they the ones who allowed for me to value myself or devalue myself? Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it's, it's wild. And so the one thing I say now, whenever I go to a high school and speak to young students
0: is the world is so much bigger. It's It's so much bigger. And the things that tie you to people and the thing that you might value at the that time, one that might give you value. I mean, it those all completely go out the window.
1: They do. It's wild.
0: It's in May, It's wild, and it's actually the best.
1: I think you and I both think it was the best because
0: high school was not a positive time for us. No, not exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, anyone who's listening who's like really popular at school, like, it's like cool the losers. Like, losers. <laughs> high school was amazing. I mean, no way. I w- it all got better after.
1: <laughs> Everything got better after for me too. But I've, I've had this conversation with popular kids who are like, yeah, no, that's not the case for us.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I am so grateful you took the time today to speak with me and to open up. And honestly, I'm, I have zero surprise. I'll be honest. Um, I, I knew that the second we got to have this conversation, especially with this community, Um, you were going to be open and outright and honest about not only your experiences, but the community that you've created. And, and I think the way we can all cultivate that community, maybe not as big as girls talk, but a community that supports us and that creates space for us, um, in our own lives. And I think the comment about boundaries is so incredibly important. It's the hardest one. Mm -hmm. Um, it really is. And, and I think it's a lifelong journey, but I, uh, appreciate you so much. And and appreciate who you are and what you stand for, um, and so can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find more information, um, particularly the young loners in high school who are listening to this, um, where they can where they can find Girls Talk.
0: A hundred percent, you can find Girls Talk on Instagram, Girls Talk with a U, remember, and you can also find us on the interweb, www.girlstalk.com. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus from Instagram myself, but I will be back when I have processed my relationship with social media, and I will be back better than ever. Of course. More authentic than ever. And so you can find me there at A-D-W-O-A-A-B-O-A-H. Um. Yes, and thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for having me. It's conversations like this, I think it's always so interesting because, you know, we're taught, you know, I know stats and figures and I speak to people who have been, you know, educated um, past school and these subjects and I haven't that hasn't been my journey but it's so nice that actually I I don't I'm I I'm obviously I've had to talk teach myself a lot more but actually I can speak I, I I choose to speak honestly instead of throwing stats at you because actually for me it feels more relevant and it feels uh, uh, more important. I, c- I feel like I can get more done. It's going to resonate with people a lot more. And it's, I'm being true to myself and the way that I, I speak about these things.
1: No, it's so true. I think, you know, I'm, as you know, um, a, a data nerd and I love mm. evidence arguably more than anyone. But um, if, during our, our emerging leaders lap, um, the focus that we had on storytelling and on really being able to delve into your narrative and share your narrative um, was so important because I think a lot of people like data, but they don't remember data in the same way they do a story that you share and in the same way that they remember human vulnerability and human emotion. Um, and so I, I think there can, there is nothing more compelling than somebody being honest and open and authentic about their own journey that can really help you feel not even comfortable, but capable, mm-hmm. capable in, in processing your journey as well. Yeah. And that's my hope that, that, you know, anyone listening today, um, is hearing this and thinks to themselves, okay, wait, you know, what am I processing? What are my boundaries? What, what is my community? Right. Because mm-hmm. we only get answers if, if we're willing to ask ourselves the questions. Exactly. Um, and, and I hope that's what we've been able to do today.
0: Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful podcast. Thank you for giving me the space um, to process a little bit more to get it all out on the table. Really, (laughs) excuse two really dad-like puns, but um, exactly, it's been yeah, it's so nice. It's I love these these conversations, and again, to anyone's listening, you know, sending all my my love to all of you during this time so thank you
1: thank you Adwa have an awesome day amplify our important message by leaving a review or subscribing collaborate with us to encourage more people to shout for change and be on the lookout we have more episodes coming soon and I can't wait to share them with you from at the table I'm Dr. Lam thank you for joining us